We're reading from Shimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 87, Verses 26 and 27. Saniha manas chivri jai vipadya salamanuja Sarabhinsh ishantyashe shamiramatmatayatma vidaha Nahi vikritim charjai tikanakasyatatatmataya Sakitamanupravi the three modes of material nature comprise everything in this world, from the simplest phenomena to the complex human body. Although these phenomena appear real, they are only a false reflection of the spiritual reality being a superimposition of the mind upon you. Still, those who know the Supreme Self consider the entire material creation to be real, inasmuch as it is not different from the Self. Just as things made of gold are indeed not to be rejected since their substance is actual gold, so this world is undoubtedly non-different from the Lord who created it and then entered within it. Substance is real, form is temporary. So the main points of this verse in purport is, first of all, the material world is simultaneously real and unreal. It is unreal as an imposition of the mind upon Krishna. And it is real because it's one in quality. It is asat because, because the forms are temporary. The impersonalists say form and substance are both unreal. When the jivas Ignorance is destroyed, he becomes Paramatma. We, the personalists say the forms are unreal and the substance is real. So the Vedas say the mind is created from asat and is the foundation of everything. Adhimana, ruler of the aggregate mind of the universe, Lord Ani, is Lord Aniruta. Material world is a transformation of its ingredient cause, thus the Lord pervades his creation. Shirasami says, As super soul, the Lord is reality within the unreal material world. So this is the eighth mula, Achintya Veda Veda Tattva, simultaneously one and different. Um, so the uh, purport, in one sense the visible world is real, sat, while in another it is not, a sat. The substance of this universe is solid fact being the Lord's external energy. So Prakriti is the substance, and Prakriti is eternal. But the forms that Maya imposes on this substance are only temporary. So the forms are, are material, they are temporary, they are unreal. Now Maya is opposing forms, and we are seeing things in this world of names. 
And because the material forms are temporary manifestation, those who consider them permanent are in illusion. Personalistic scholars, however, misinterpret this division of sat and asat, denying common sense reality. They declare not only the material form, also material substance is unreal. And they confuse their own spiritual essence with that of the absolute whole. Imayavadi would take the words spoken by personified Vedism preceding prayer as negating any distinction between Paramatma and the Jiva soul. He would claim that since the Jiva's material embodiment is ephemeral display of the three modes, when the Jiva's ignorance is destroyed by knowledge, he becomes Paramatma, the Supreme Soul. Bondage, liberation, and the manifest world are all unreal creations of ignorance, the Mayavadi say. In response to such ideas, the Vedas here clarify the factual relationship between Sat and Asat. So now we're hearing what the Upanishads mostly deal with. Uh, uh, bhakti is not the main thing. Um, it's covered, it's hidden in the Vedas. And this heavy philosophy is what we're hearing um, from the Vedas. So Vishnu Chakravati says, referring to the removing of the gunas from the jiva mentioned in the previous verse, according to the Gyanis, the difference between Jiva and Paramatma is that Jiva is covered by the three gunas due to ignorance. By knowledge, the ignorance is destroyed and the difference disappears. So then Jiva and Paramatma become, Jiva becomes the Paramatma. Hmm. Not so easy. Therefore, the Jiva and Paramatma are not actually different, they say. Bondage and liberation arise from ignorance and the perceived universe known as this also arises from ignorance. Thus, everything is unreal. The whole universe born of the material elements made of three gunas, including the jiva, appears to be real, but actually it is not. It's only the action of the mind. So they say it's all in your mind. Now the Vedas say the mind is created from asat and is the foundation of everything. Hmm. But actually... The, they take the the meaning of asad here is actually Krishna. Um, although impersonists might misread this to mean that all manifest existence is based on the unreality of illusion, everything comes from asad. The apparently contrary use of the word asad refers to the original cause. So here they're saying the Lord is asad because he's beyond this temporary material nature. Um, so because uh, the statement that Brahman is asat makes sense in terms of its having qualities distinct from those of creation. So just like they say he cannot see, he, he does not see, he does not run, he does not, he, does, he cannot walk, he cannot hear, but then he runs faster than everyone. So it's kind of that idea, very indirect meaning the Vedas are giving. The opinion of Jiva Goswami, the word Adi Mana in the passage quoted above refers to the ruler of the aggregate mind of the universe Lord Aniruddha, who appears as a planar expansion of Narayan. So Prajapati is Brahma. Now here they're quoting from another Upanishad about the creation. Lord Narayan meditated upon another desire of his, and as he pondered a drop of perspiration fell from his forehead. All the material creations evolved from the fermentation of this drop. Therein, the fiery golden egg of the universe appeared, 
Within that globe for him, Brahma took his birth. So another description of creation. Our Bhagavatam description is different. So here Aniruddha, he is the actual um, ruler of the mind. He's the presiding deity of the mind. And that's why on, if you look on the lotus feet of Krishna, you will see a symbol of the moon, a half moon. And why, why uh, does the Lord have the symbol of the moon on his foot? So the minds of the devotees may reside at his feet. They bear the symbol of the moon, which is the uh, presiding deity of the mind. So the moon on the lotus feet, Soma, worships Brahma, and Brahma worships Aniruddha, Lord of the mind. Um, okay. So, material world is transformation of its ingredient cause. Woohoo, okay, here's something. In the purport, a, an analogy, when a particular object is manufactured, it appears as a transformation of its ingredient cause, as in the case of jewelry made from gold. Persons who want gold will not reject gold earrings or necklaces, since these items are still gold, despite their modification. Two Ganis see in this mundane example analogy to the different yet non-different relationship of Purusha and his emanations, both material and spiritual. Thus, this transcendental knowledge frees them from the bondage of illusion. They can then see the Lord throughout his creation. Shita Swami prays. Let us worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead by virtue of whose substantial existence this created world seems to exist perpetually, although it is essentially insubstantial. As a super-soul, he constitutes the representation of the real within this unreality. Super-soul is reality, and forms are asat in this world of names. So, Chantya Krishna book says the same thing. As one who is interested in gold accepts all the differently shaped gold ornaments. So, a Vaishnava knowing well that all living entities are of the same quality as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, accepts all living entities as eternal servants of God. As a Vaishnava, then, one has ample opportunity to serve the Supreme Lord simply by reclaiming these conditioned, misled living entities, training them in Krishna consciousness, and leading them back home, back to Godhead. The fact is, the minds of the living entities are now agitated by the three material qualities. And living entities are there for transmigrating, as if in dreams, from one body to another. When their consciousness is changed into Krishna consciousness, however, they immediately fix Krishna within their hearts, and thus their path for liberation becomes clear. Both the Paramatma and the Jivatma are within this material world, Therefore, this material world has purpose other than sense gratification. Conception of a life of sense gratification is illusion, but conception of service by the Jivatma to Paramatma, even in this material world, is not at all illusory. A Krishna conscious person is fully aware of this fact, and thus he does not take this material world to be false, but acts and the reality of transcendental service.
so we should see the beauty of this world. It gives us a chance to get out <laughs> and go back to the spiritual world. The devotee therefore sees everything in this material world as an opportunity to serve the Lord. He does not reject anything as material, but dovetails everything in service of the Lord. So Shiro Swami says, The conception of the falsity of this material world is due to a lack of knowledge. But a person advanced in Krishna consciousness sees the Supreme Personality of Godhead in everything. This is actual realization of the Vedic aphorism Sarvam Kalv Idam Brahma. So, um, Krishna will continues, factually the material world is simultaneously both truth and untruth. It is truth because everything is expansion of the supreme absolute truth and it is untruth because existence of the material world is temporary. So, yes. Then Prabhupada gives an, uh, the example. When a person is angry, he does things which are different from his normal condition of life. But the fact that the mood of anger appears and disappears does not mean that the energy of anger is false. As such, the argument of the Mayavadi philosophers, this world is false, is not accepted by the Vaishnava philosophers. The Lord himself confirms the view that the Mayavadis say there's no supreme cause, no God, everything is creation of the interaction of matter is a view of the asuras. Everything belongs to Krishna, the whole entire cosmic manifestation, so everything should be used for Krishna. This is the purpose of Vaishnava sannyas. So now we've got three things here. Prakriti, which uh, is the material... Prakriti here in this sense, we're using it as the material energy. We have the Purusha, the Lord, and we have the Jiva, three things. Um, now Purusha, the Ishra, uh, what is the relationship of the Lord and Prakriti, material energy? He's like the husband and she's like the wife. Of course, he doesn't directly engage with her, but through Lord Shiva, his expansion. But that's their relationship. Um, he's the supreme controller, she's controlled. He's, the, he's our father and she is our mother. And we're the child. The jiva is the child. And the conditioned soul in this world thinks he's Purusha. But he's actually Prakriti. We are also Prakriti. But we're, and, but we're being controlled by the material Prakriti. So that's why we're called jiva. We're marginal. We're not, we're not external. But we take shelter of the internal. We're normally internal uh, to be taken shelter of the internal energy. Liberated soul, he knows he's servant of Krishna and he takes shelter. So Devahuti asked the question to Kapiladev, Oh, Lord, kindly explain the characteristics of the Supreme Person and his energies, for both these are the cause of this manifest and unmanifest creation. So Prakriti and Purusha. Um, so we have a temporary relationship here with Prakriti. She's our mother in this material world. She's the mother of our material bodies. And her husband is uh, the Supreme Lord. And uh, he impregnates Mother Nature with children with us. So two words are also used in that verse of Devahuti, Sat and Asat. Which we've been hearing about Asat. 
cosmic manifestation is Sat, but the material energy is Sat, or ever-existing. So the form is temporary. Material nature is ever-existing in its subtle form as the energy of the Lord. But it sometimes manifests this non-existent or temporary existent nature of the cosmos. Analogy may be made with the father and mother. Mother and father exist, but sometimes the mother begets children. So that's this material nature. I mean material uh, cosmic manifestation. Similarly, this cosmic manifestation which comes from the unmanifest material nature of the Lord sometimes appears and again disappears. But material nature is ever existing. So the forms are temporary. So an interesting verse from 7th Canto, chapter 13, verse 6. Since the material body is sure to be vanquished and the duration of one's life is not fixed, neither death nor life is to be praised. Rather, one should observe the eternal time factor in which the living entity manifests himself and disappears. So Prabhupada uh, here explains what this means, that neither death nor life should be praised. Um, living entities in the material world, not only at present, but also in past, have been involved in trying to solve the problem of birth and death. Some stress death, the Ganis, and point to the illusory existence of everything material, whereas others stress life, the Karmis, trying to preserve it perpetually and enjoy it to the best of their ability. Both of them are fools and rascals. It is advice that one observe the eternal time factor, which is the cause of the material body's appearance and disappearance, and that one observe the living entity's entanglement in this time factor. One should observe the activities of eternal time, the cause of birth and death. Before the creation, living entities are under influence of the time factor, and within the time factor, Material world comes into existence and is again annihilated. Being under the control of time, living entities appear and die life after life. Okay, so the actual form of life for the living entities is one of spiritual happiness, real happiness. This can achieve when one stops all materialistic activities. Material, so here's what's unreal. Material Sense enjoyment is simply imagination. Okay, so um, I have a little poem here from one of my friends in Australia. So I'm going to share this with you. The title is, It's All Temporary. All that blood, sweat, and tears, building castles in the sand. Then the tide came in and washed them far away. What on earth was I thinking, investing every bit of me? in a world where I could never really stay. Surely I could see that I was just passing through, that the castles were all destined to come down. Yet I carried all these impressions, precious seeds for a future attempt, determined to try again next time around. So there we go again. Everyone is thinking like that. So from Chaitanya Jaitamrita, in his Vedanta Sutra, Vyasadeva has described everything is but a transformation of the energy of the Lord. So this is called Parinam Vad. We're going to, in the next verse, we're going to go into detail about this. 
Lord Shankaracharya, however, has misled the world by commenting Vyasadeva was mistaken. Thus he has raised great opposition to theism throughout the entire world. So this is called Vivarta Vad. So he, he, if you accept the theory of Shankaracharya, transformation of the Lord, uh, then uh, you indirectly accept the absolute truth is transformed. Mm. So, transformation of energy is what happens, actually. The energy, they, the Mayavadi say that the absolute Brahman is transformed. And we say, no, not Brahman is changed, but his energies are changed. They, they show different forms. The forms of the energies are changing. So this is this conversation of these two verses today is something the Upanishads are always talking about Brahman. What is Brahman? What is not Brahman? And within that conversation we have this these different Vadas coming up, the false Vadas or commentaries on the Upanishads. Which we heard in uh, the last class, six different philosophies. We're going to hear a little bit about them today again. Um, so the Lord is not transformed. He's like a touchstone. If you touch his iron, it changes to gold. But the touchstone remains the same. So that's how the Lord is. So I'd like to read a little here from Garga Samhita, which uh, is relevant to this verse. But... It'll get us out of this heavy philosophy for a few minutes. In this forest grove, I offer my respectful obeisances to handsome and dark Lord Hari, more playful and charming than millions of comedives, decorated with yellow garments and glistening koshtupajan, clutching a flute, the king of Raj and the lord of Shiratha. With devotion, purity, and renunciation, worship Krishna, the original supreme personality of Godhead, pure is a cloudless sky. His limbs splendid, the master of sacrifices, master of consciousness, the all-knowing super-soul. O wise one, when the mind is influenced by passion, it accepts the materially pleasant and rejects the materially unpleasant. By these two actions, material desires and arrogant pride breed in the heart. In this way, the intelligence is gradually disfigured. When water moves, the trees reflected on it also seem to move. When the ice are tossed to and fro, the earth seems to move. O oh, Krishna, bewildered by the modes of material nature, people say, material sense pleasures are real. Beings and pleasures are created by the mind. A person awake knows that what he saw in a dream is false. A wise man knows the entire material world is a dream. A wise man who stays aloof from material activities renounces the world and tastes the nectar of spiritual love, can see, as one sees with the light of a lamp, the spiritual glory of the Supreme Lord, who stays as super soul in this world. A devotee like a smokeless flame, free from the touch of material modes, who worships Lord Vasudeva in his heart, and sees the one Lord Vasudeva present in everyone's heart, as one moon is reflected in many pots of water, is perfect, the best of swan-like saints. Although... They always praise him. The Vedas do not understand. Even one-sixteenth of Lord Hari's glories, 
who in the three worlds has the power to describe his qualities? Ananta praises him with a thousand mouths, Shiva with five mouths, and I with four mouths. We all serve Lord Hari. Lord Vishnu who resides in Vaikuntha, Lord Hari who resides in the ocean of milk, and the Raya Rishi, son of Tarma, I'll worship you, the master of Goloka. Okay, so now we will go to verse 27. I shall describe all the different vadas. Dava, Dava Pari Yechara, Yakila Safani Ketaltaya, Ta Uta Parakraman, Avigana Yashiro Nirite, Parivaya Sepashun, Iva Gira Vipudhana Pitans, Chai Kita Sarita. The devotees who worship you as a shelter of all beings disregard death and place their feet on his head. But with the words of the Vedas, you bind the non-devotees like animals, though they be vastly learned scholars. It is your affectionate devotees who can purify themselves and others, not those who are inimical to you. So we have a very simple verse, but a very complicated purport here, which goes into all the vads. So I'll, I'll give you a glimpse of the purport now. First it goes into Vivartavad and Parinamavad. Vivartavad is the theory of illusion, where Brahman gets transformed, the Samayavadi. And Parinamavad is the... the Energy is transformed, not the Lord. And that's the Vaishnava um, Vada. Brahman himself does not become transformed, but his energy is transformed. So real, what is, they say Vivarta, illusion, Nirvata. What is real Vivarta, bewilderment, is to mistakenly perceive any object that is contrary to and different from the actual real object to be the real object. Mistake a rope for a snake. Think the body and the mind is the self. This is an example of vi real vivarta, or real illusion. What is real illusion? So vivartava, the version of the Mayavadis, there's three versions. In a deluded state, Brahman thinks he is Jiva, and thus the Jivas are created. Jiva is actually Brahman, but because of bewildering influence of Maya, uh, they have different separate identities. In contact with Maya, he becomes Jiva. When he dissociates from Maya, he regains his Brahman status. That's the first idea. The second idea, jivas are bewildered reflections of Brahman. Third idea, Brahman is only dreaming. He has created the jivas in this inferior material universe. So now um, we reject the sadhar. We have rejected the sadarshans, accept devotional service, paricharyavad. The jiva is an atomic particle of spiritual personality. And by devotional service, we can end our suffering and regain the shelter of the Lord, which is what this verse is about. Now, there are what are the false vadas? Everyone has a vada of the six darshans. So the vaisheshika asad upadivad, presume a material source of creation, 
Savinashavad of Nayayikas, who was deprived of liberated soul of consciousness. Sagunathvabedavad of Sankhyas, who isolate the soul from all his apparent qualities. Vipanavad of the Mimamsikas, who condemn the soul to eternal involvement in the mundane commerce of karma. And Vivartavad of Mayavanis, who say this denigrate the soul's real life in this world as a hallucination. So, Arvad, what's Arvad? Paricharyavad. Jiva is an atomic particle of spiritual personality who possesses minute knowledge, is not independent, and has no material qualities. So, Lord is the shelter, Niketa, of everything. And devotees have their shelter, um, the truth. They take shelter in the truth of reality. And the Lord's abodes also are akila satoniketa. They are not kila or imperfect. So finally, the jnanis and yogis are vimukha. They're, they're turning their face away from the Lord. So therefore, they're bound like animals by the ropes of the Vedas. And the others, the self-realized souls, apuruksha. That's their realization. And they understand the reality of the soul and super-soul by the mercy of the Lord. Sridhar Swami says, Gyanis and yogis may perform austerities, but without Hari they will never cross beyond death. So Jiva Goswami uh, saying that after hearing the last verse, other Shrutis who are proponents of devotional service say, what is the use of such knowledge, Satanasat, which you cultivate only with great trouble and devoid of love for you? Yeah. Well, if we accept Jiva Goswami's, then we don't have to read the rest of this purport. <laughs> Who cares about a sat and a sat? Better than this is devotional service. No, but we're gonna, we have to get into this here. Uh, in the purport, it is going to uh, go into devotional service and prema, or love of God. So what's the first thing? What is? Uh, we did talk about Vivartavad, this transformation of Brahman. That's what they say, the Mayavadis. And ours is Parinamavad, that the Brahman is not transformed, but the energy is changed into forms. And what is the real vivarta? What is the real bewilderment? To mistakenly perceive any object contrary to and different from the actual real object to be the real object. Okay. So Jaiva Dharma. Okay, so uh, the, the beginning of the purport. It says, the personified Vedas have now set aside the erroneous philosophies of several contending schools, Asad Upadivad of Aishishikas, who presume a material source of creation, Savinashvad of Nayikas, who would deprive liberated soul of consciousness, Sagunathaveda Vad of the Sankhyas, who isolate the soul from all his apparent qualities, Vipanavad of Mimamshikas, Condemn the soul to eternal involvement in mundane commerce for karma and vivartavada the mayavadis, who denigrate the soul's real life in this world as hallucination. Having rejected all these ideas, the personified Vedas now present the philosophy of devotional service, paricharya vad. The jiva soul is an atomic particle of spiritual personality who possesses minute knowledge, is not independent, and has no material qualities. Being minute, he's prone to come under the control of the material energy where he suffers the pains 
of material life, but he can end his suffering by regaining the shelter of the Lord's divine internal energy by rendering devotional service. Okay, so that's what we have to do. Recommended by the personified Vedas engaged in devotional service. So we worship Lord Krishna as the shelter, Niketa, of everything that exists, Akila Sattva. And devotees are also called Akila Sattva Niketa, in the sense their abode and shelter is the truth of the reality. Okay. And his abodes are also Akila Sattva Niketa. They are not Kila or imperfect. Vaishnavas whose devotional service the Lord has kindly accepted are so sure of his protection they no longer fear death, which becomes for them just another easy step on the way back to their eternal home. Why are all the mystics and other mystics and learned scholars disqualified? The verse says, They are vimuka. He has not turned his face toward the Lord with hopeful expectation of his mercy is bound up by illusion. So the last, oh, and then the, it's the Vedas say, the threads of the transcendental sound form a string of sacred names, but also a set of binding ropes. With the ropes of their injunctions, the Vedas tie up this entire world, leaving all beings fettered by false designations. So devotees are fearless of death. Dhruva Maharaj is the example when the Vaikuntha uh, airplane came to take him. Uh, he, what did he do? He didn't just jump on the plane. First, he took his sacred bath, dressed himself with ornaments, performed his daily spiritual duties, probably Mangalarti or whatever, then offered his respectful obeisances to all the great sages present there and accepted their blessings. He got, he got the blessings. Then he worshipped the airplane, circumambulated it, offered obeisances to the Vishnu Dutas, and he became as brilliant and illuminating as molten gold, and he got on the airplane. And while he was getting up, he saw death personified approach him, and he put his feet on the head of death, used it as a stairway to get up on the airplane. So this is, Prabhupada says, comments that the passing away of a devotee and passing away of a non-devotee are not the same. Juva took advantage of death's presence and put his feet on the head of death. Uh, so there's an example, the cat carries the kittens in his mouth, the kittens are feeling really happy, they're going back to home. And the cat has a rat in his mouth and is feeling horrified and knows it's going to die. So what is the aparoksha, reality of the soul and super-soul, perceivable but only for one with transcendental vision. So that's a very high realization to realize the soul and super-soul. Yeah. Um, so the Supreme Self is quoted here, Kata Upanishad. Supreme Self cannot be reached by argumentation or applying independent brain power or studying many scriptures only one can achieve the self whom the self chooses to favor. So we do need mercy. We do need mercy. Um, and it says in the Shruti, at the end of this body's life, the sanctified soul perceives the Lord just as clearly as if seeing the stars in the sky. And what's the very important verse 
which will help us to see Krishna. Yasya deve parapati yata deve tata guru. Yasaite katita hyarta prakasham te mahatmanaha. Unto those great souls who have implicit faith in both the Lord and the spiritual master, all the imports of Vedic knowledge are automatically revealed. Okay. Sridhar Swami says, Let them suffer austerities, throw themselves from mountain tops, travel to holy places, study the scriptures, worship with fire sacrifices, and argue various philosophers, philosophies. But without Lord Hari, they will never cross beyond death. Krishna book says, Devotee is never afraid of death or changing his body. His consciousness is transformed into Krishna consciousness. And even if he does not go back to Godhead, even if he transmigrates to another material body, he has nothing to fear. Probably gives Bharat Maharaj his next life he became a deer. And life after that, he went back to Godhead. That means the devotee is never vanquished. The devotee's path back home is guaranteed, and Prabhupada is guaranteeing it for us. Chant 16 rounds, follow the regular principles, and he will take us back. Even though a devotee slips in one birth, the continuation of his Krishna consciousness elevates him further and further until he goes back to Godhead. So we might slip, but try not to slip. Don't slip in this life. Try to do your best. Not only does a pure devotee purify his own personal existence, but whoever becomes his disciple also becomes purified and is ultimately able to enter the kingdom of God without difficulty. In other words, not only can a pure devotee easily surpass death, but by his grace his followers can also do so without difficulty. The power of devotional service is so great that a pure devotee can electrify another person by his transcendental instruction and crossing over the ocean of nations. The instructions of a pure devotee to his disciple are also very simple. No one feels any difficulty in following the footsteps of a pure devotee. And anyone who follows very easily finds the door of liberation open. In my initiation letter, Prabhupada gave me six instructions, chant at least 16 rounds, follow strictly the four regular principles, do deity worship, do sankirtan preaching, Read and study all my books, and lastly, 24 hours be engaged, and your path to liberation will be very fast. So this is what we have to do. Um, Bhagavad Gita, oh, what about these people, the Gyanis, yogis and karmis? In Bhagavad Gita, they are condemned as Veda Varadatha. Mm. They cannot understand the Vedas deal with activities of the material modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. Ooh. So this is the version of Bhagavad Gita. But as Lord Krishna advised Arjuna, one has to go beyond the jurisdiction of the duties prescribed in the Vedas and take to Krishna consciousness devotional service. What's that verse? Nishchai gunyo bhavarjuna. In Bhagavad Gita, anybody? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yes, yes. From second chapter of Bhagavad Gita. So these who are studying the Vedas, we're studying the Upanishads, which are essence of the Vedas. 
Um, but mostly they deal with the three modes. So here, uh, Krishna says to go beyond these modes. Um, a person who cannot... Uh, oh, um, here's a very beautiful thing from Krishna book that Prabhupada has written. The Krishna consciousness movement therefore issues a supreme call to all kinds of religionists, asking them with great authority to join this movement, by which one can learn how to love God and thus surpass all formulas and formalities of scriptural injunctions. So Prabhupada called us, we left everything, and we, we heard the call. A person who cannot overcome the jurisdiction of stereotype religious principles is compared to an animal chained up by his master. Yes, when I used to go to church, you know, there's there's rules and regulations. But at the age of 13, I was looking at all the people, and I was thinking, you know, they're not really serious about this. They come here to talk about um, um, gossip. They come here to gossip. They come here to show off their nice clothes. But they don't really believe. I believe what Jesus said. Um, so I kind of got disillusioned at a young age with the church. But so Prabhupada, but when Prabhupada called, then I heard that and uh, I understood. Yes, this is the real. This is the real religion. He called. So the purpose of our religion is to understand God and develop one's dormant love of God. If one simply sticks to the religious formulas and formalities, but does not become elevated to the position of love of God, he is considered to be a chained animal. In other words, if one is not in Krishna consciousness, he is not eligible for liberation from contamination of material existence. Yeah. So, here is another translation of Prabhupada from Shirasami. Let others engage in severe austerities, let others fall to the land from the tops of hills and give up their lives. Let others travel to many holy places of pilgrimage for salvation. Or let them engage in deep study of philosophy and Vedic literature. Let the mystic yogis engage in their meditational service and let the different sects engage in unnecessary arguing as to which is the best. But it is a fact, unless one is Krishna conscious, Unless one is engaged in devotional service, unless one has the mercy of the Lord, he cannot cross over this material ocean. So three things. You have to be Krishna conscious, engaged in devotional service, and get the mercy. An intelligent person therefore gives up all stereotyped ideas and joins the Krishna conscious movement. <coughs> 431.11 Without devotional service, what is the meaning of severe austerities? process of hearing, power of speech, power of mental speculation, elevated intelligence, strength, and power of the senses. Then, prayers of Prahlad, 7, 9, 10. If a Brahmana has all twelve of Brahminical qualifications, but is not a devotee, and averse to the lotus feet of the Lord, he is certainly lower than a devotee who is a dog-eater, but who has dedicated everything, mind, word, activities, wealth and life to the Supreme Lord. Such a devotee is better than such a brahmana because the devotee can purify his whole family, whereas a so-called brahmana position of false prestige cannot purify even himself. So Mukundamala Stotra says, Glories to Lord Narayan, without remembrance of his lotus feet, 
Recitation of scripture is merely crying in the wilderness. Regular observance of severe vows and joining the Vedas is no more than a way to lose weight. Execution of prescribed duties, pious duties. It's like pouring oblations into ashes and bathing at various holy sites is no better than an elephant's bath. So stressing, remembering the Supreme Lord is the goal. Then there's this famous verse from Narada Pancharatra. It's quoted there. Aradito yadiharis tapasatatakim Naradito yadiharis tapasatatakim Antarbahir yadiharis tapasatatakim Nantarbahir yadiharis tapasatatakim If one is worshipping Lord Hari, what is the use of severest penances? And if one is not worshipping Lord Hari, what is the use of severe penances? If one can understand Lord Hari is all-pervading, what is the use of severe penances? And if one cannot understand Lord Hari is all-pervading, what is the use of severe penances? Successful devotee has learned to think of the Lord in every conceivable circumstance. Okay, so this thinking of Krishna, and quoting Bhagavad Gita, he told Krishna, he told Arjuna, remember me and fight. What verse is that in Bhagavad Gita? Good, thank you. Eighth chapter, uh, verse. I seven. don't remember the chapter. I think it's eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, verse seven. Yes, yes. Okay, so we have to always think of Krishna. So, uh, Prabhupada gives the example of the illiterate Brahmin. He couldn't even read. But he was just follow, following the order of his spiritual master. And uh, even though he was illiterate, and Lord Chaitanya embraced him and said, Yes, your study is perfect, because he was crying. And he said, When I see um, Krishna driving Arjuna's chariot, then I cry, because how merciful is my Lord. So he has understood the essence of Bhagavad Gita. Recording in progress. Uh, how how much did you miss? Aibo? You were telling us about the elaborate Brahman. Okay, yeah, so you're okay. <laughs> I think that was, it just went off for a second, a minute, half minute. Okay. So then probably gives the example of the cowherd girls, that they didn't have any austerity, the gopis, gopis. Uh, they had natural affection. For Krishna, so this was the highest worship. So as I, I was describing yesterday, the opening of the Vrindavan temple, there were they had to hire these expensive brahmanas to do the rituals, but the devotees, the Harinam, was the real, the real uh, installation of the deities. Prabhupada said, and some of Prabhupada's disciples were uh, participating in the fire sacrifices, and there were, and his godbrothers were seeing that they were making mistakes. So Prabhupada said to them, that's all right, they're just practicing. So, um, yes, we have to, all this asat and asat and all these conversations, um, they're not, not so important as just doing devotional service to Krishna. But because we're studying the Upanishads, we're going to get into these kinds of philosophies. So I'm going to stop here and ask if there are any questions. Prabhupada Priya.
When I was reading the purport to the first verse, in the part where it was saying that the material world is Sat and that the Lord is Asat, that was very difficult to understand. The material world is Sat and the Lord is Asat? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because we always hear the opposite. Yeah, I know. That what it what that was about was they're just taking another interpretation. They're saying this is another way to look at it, but they're saying why they're calling the Lord Asat. No, they're saying the material world is created from the Asat, which is the Lord. But he's Asat in the sense that he has no material qualities. That's what they're saying. It's like the indirect things that the Veda the Vedas are always saying about Krishna. He's not this. He 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 has no eyes. He has no ears. So he's in that sense he's asat. He's not uh, nothing to do with this material world. Anyway, that's why Sanskrit is such a difficult language, and better don't get involved with it because you can get a wrong interpretation and get confused the rest of your life. Um, yeah, that was a very confusing part of the purport. I agree with you. Um, I mean, I I, underst- I understand the explanation that's given. It's kind of like the the near thing. You know? <laughs> But um, I feel like the terms should be used consistently. I agree with you. So we can just, you don't have to think about that part of the purport. Um, just delete that. And <laughs> I think they just put it in there to confuse us. Um, <laughs> Prabhupada never said that, that the Lord is a sat. He never said that. I mean, they're presenting what the Upanishads are saying. So, uh, that this would be a good example of um, Krishna telling Arjuna, uh, give up the Vedas. You have to transcend the Vedas. They're really confusing and bewildering, and you're going to get lost trying to understand them. But you should know that Krishna is the, is the goal of the Vedas even though there's so many confusing things. The 15th chapter, Sarvair, Aham, Veda, Eva, anyway, whatever, I can't remember exactly. Saras, Chaham, Eva, Aham, Eva, Veda. It's Krishna, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, that okay. part, don't don't worry about. And uh, I was thinking that... Um the Upanishads are mainly, um, you said that the Upanishads are mainly discussing these things, these philosophical um, conceptions about tattva, different categories of existence. Um, but here it seems like the bhakti, and, and that bhakti is hidden in the Vedas. Yes. But here in this conversations with prayers of the personified Vedas, it seems that the bhakti scriptures are being um, yeah. uncommonly outspoken. Yeah, because it's in the 10th chapter of Krishna book. Um, it's it's got to be bhakti, has to be emphasized, will be emphasized, and it, and it's also to show that this is the purpose of the Vedas is bhakti really. Um, so if anybody has any doubts that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, then now they should be finished. Yeah. Kastarika. If anybody has a question, you have to press a button, right? You have to press a button there somewhere. Yes, Padra Prabhu also has a question. He's raising hand. Yeah. 
on the computer or just like that? Just like that. Uh, that's why I can't see. <laughs> okay, you have a question? Yes, Mataji, two questions. Okay. When you say super soul is reality, but we also hear in the Canto 2 that super soul is imaginary. Mm. So... Where, I, I don't, I haven't heard that. No, the, that is Virat Rupa, right? Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, not super I got soul. confused. <laughs> sorry, I got confused. And I have another question. And when you say all forms are unreal, which forms are unreal? These the bodies, the, the, the coverings of, of the soul, those bodies, the tree, what we see in this material world, like your body and my body, these are unreal, these forms, the houses, uh -huh. the forms that we think are us, that's unreal. Okay, and uh, if, if material nature is illusionary, then can the karma be real? No, material nature is real, we're saying. It's not illusory. But the transformations of the material energy are unreal. Material energy is real. It's one of the four eternal things Bhagavad Gita says. Prakriti is real. But the, the changes are unreal, the transformations. All these coverings, the coverings of the uh, that we see. So does it mean... So if the coverings are unreal, then karma is also unreal? Yeah, karma is temporary. temporary. It's temporary. It's real in the sense that uh, we experience it. <laughs> but how we experience it, it can be experienced, if you're a pure devotee experiencing it, experience it in a different way. Of course, pure devotee doesn't have karma. Once you surrender to Krishna, your karma is adjusted. So you don't really have karma. So it's not that, it's not really real it's temporary also it's temporary it's part of the temporary scene because when you uh, surrender to krishna then it's removed and you get something else um, because i was thinking about karma part because of the power of the karma we get a form right so when the form itself is unreal how can the karma be real but yeah, yeah, karma is not real. Um, I mean, it's it's only real when you uh, are in the illusion of the material energy. It's re then it's real because you're you're under the clutches of the material energy. But when you surrender, when you surrender to the reality, then karma is not real anymore. And my last question. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the text twenty-seven. But mm -hmm. uh, but that I understood that we should have realization about the Lord. Okay. So should our realization should develop affection for the Lord? Oh yeah, Krishna advises Maya Sakta Manaparta in Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. So then, how do we know we are understanding the subject matter or realizing the subject matter? How do we know if we're realizing the subject matter? Well, the symptoms are described in um, Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 2, verses uh, 16 to 21. The first thing is we get a taste for hearing about Krishna. And then we come to the level of Nishta, and it describes all the things, the passion and ignorance get removed. There's different symptoms. And then we're very happy. We come to the mode of goodness. 
That's Nisha, actually. We're very, very, we're happy all the time. So if you're happy all the time, you'll know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bhattis. Okay, Bhadra? Hare Krishna, Mataji. Hare Krishna. Yeah, you know how to raise your hand. You have to push a button on the computer. And then a yellow hand Where comes up. <laughs> At the bottom of Where the screen, towards the right, there's a, a little icon thing that says reactions. There's a smiley face there. Oh, if you hard to click find. on that, then uh, there's one option, which is raise hand. Okay. Yeah, that's why I never see you raise your hand. Okay, Bajra, what's your question? Uh, the, this whole philosophy we are reading and understanding, and you have a deep understanding. Thank you for that. But it's it's uh, it sounds to me it boils down in the four points which you mentioned last time that there is no God. God yes, yes. And there is if the God has the, he has a no form, and if he has a form, then I will kill him. I'm the God. Is that? Yeah. Is yeah. that what sounds to me to be the all this philosophy we are learning? Is that <laughs> that's, right? that's what Prabhupada said. <laughs> it summarized into four. <laughs> so now, uh, this this on one side we say that earth, water, fire, air, everything is emanating from the energy of the Lord. In the, in the eyes of the Lord, it is real because it is in the eyes of the Lord is all spiritual. But then we say that the form is unreal at the same time. Yeah, so what we acquire all the form, temp, but but the forms are unreal. That's what we are saying. Is that right? Uh, We're saying they're temporary. unreal in the sense that they're temporary. Something, reality, it, it, it will not die. It will not go away. But here, the forms go away, they die. And so, that's but, why it's unreal. But so in the case of the pure devotee of the Lord, hmm. we are not burning his body right. because his whole body is spiritualized. Yes, it's spiritualized, but at the same time, it's not his spiritual form in the, in the spiritual world. So the real form is your original form with Krishna. That's the real form in the spiritual world. So when the, I'm sorry, I'm going on. So Dhruva Maharaj, when he left his body, yeah, he changed. Is that he went again the same body he went, or he no? Changed? I just read the verse. It said his body transformed into golden color before he went on the airplane. His body transformed. But what happened to the original the body which he had in this material world? No, it 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 got replaced by a spiritual body. <laughs> So, but the, but that body, the body which was in he had physical that must be yeah, like he, a Yeah, he he had a special, uh, he had a special leave, uh, time. He had a special way to leave his body. Is that his body just transformed into spiritual? Usually, we have to leave our body here, and then we get uh, go into our spiritual body. But he didn't do that. And the Pandavas also, and and the Jopati, so, they also didn't change their bodies. The last, okay, last, I'm sorry, last point is that, that this philosophy is so deep. Srila Prabhupada has given philosophy, this is so deep philosophy. Yes. And, but at the same time, we are, we are identified as a Hindus, and that's why people are not accepting this philosophy very seriously, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, but the, usually Hindu means, you know, it's something your family did and now you're doing and you don't know why. Yeah, but in the material world, when we say our temples are it's a Hindu temple, Hindu temple, but that there is a deep philosophy here. Right, exactly. Which is applied, which is applied to all the religions. It's, because yeah, it's a yeah, science of the soul, Yeah, Prabhupada it? said it's a science. It's a science for everyone. So then we are misidentified in this world as, a, as, a, as a Hindus, in the yeah. eyes of the other people in the world. Yeah, that's how they see us. Okay, who else has their hand up Thank now? Thank you, Mataji. I'm looking. Who has their hand up? Hare Krishna, Mataji. Who is that? Yeah. Lalita, okay. Yes. Uh, Mataji, this is a slight question, a little deviation from our class today, which came in the recent topics. Uh, so we were talking about the spiritual bodies. Um, like I have heard about the spiritual bodies in two different ways. In one lecture, the speaker was telling that uh, uh, this present body, what we are having, this, uh, this is the, just a material body, but our Swarupa is in Goloka and it is serving the Lord uh, by the power of Paramatma or the Supreme Lord itself. So this was one explanation which I heard. And another thing, uh, the teachers during our Bhakti Shasi, they told that when we get mature in our spiritual uh, devotional service, then we manifest our spiritual body. So is it like the soul and the uh, spiritual body are non-different? Or the spiritual body and the soul is different? Well, the soul is the seed. It's so, Prabhupada said the soul is the seed for the material body. So now the material body has grown up on the soul. And when you leave this body and go to the spiritual world, the spiritual body will grow from the seed of that of the soul and will grow and become. And your the spiritual body will manifest from the seed of the soul. It's like a seed, okay, probably so it's a spiritual it's atom. A... We're spiritual atoms. Okay. So it's not like our spiritual body is in Goloka? Uh, like not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Okay. Uh, we have to become mature before we can manifest our spiritual body and go loka. You have to go through all the all the different levels from shadha to prema. You have you know you know those nine levels, right? So shadha, sarusanga, bhajanakriya, narchanivritti, nishta then ruchi, asakti, and then when you get to bhava, then uh, it's possible that your spiritual body is in Goloka, and you have, still you have your material body here. But you, people don't see your, your spiritual body, only you and the, when you go into meditation, when you chant, then you, you're in your spiritual body. But people don't see it. Just like Rupa Goswami, they were meditating. They were in their spiritual body in their meditation. Their spiritual body was female. Here they were male. Yeah. So it's, in that case it's true. When you're on the level of bhava, then yes, your spiritual body is in Goloka and you are here doing your watering, the, the, root, the um, creeper, watering your spiritual devotional creeper with Shavanam and Kirtanam. You are here and your spiritual body is there, but 
before you get to the level of bhava, we're, we're just, it hasn't developed, your spiritual body hasn't developed yet. Thank you, Mother. Okay, who else has their hand up? Mm. Yes, Mataji, I have my hand up. Who is this? Oh, okay. Mahashinga. What's your question? Yes, so, question is one clarification and uh, my understanding uh, is that uh, the world is real because the source is real, but the uh, relationship is temporary. Only the relationship which is temporary. Yes, that's true. That's true. Because the and secondly, about this, uh, what you were just explaining and the, the point of discussion was, uh, it is not that we have uh, two bodies. One is the spiritual body, which is in the spiritual world, and I am the replica, which is here. It is the same, actually. The uh, Rupa Goswami is seeing that the past, uh, his pa pa past life is Manjari and he is the female body. But it is not that the female body is there serving now and I am serving in this body here. So there are two bodies, one in the spiritual world, one in the material world. And these two bodies are completely independent of the same living entity. No, they are so, not independent. Uh, please not independent. please uh, clarify this. Yeah, uh, when you get to the level of Baba, then you can ha have your, your spiritual body can be developed. And you can, at the same time, have material body. If you read the verses in Chaitanya Shirtamrita, Adi Lila, no, Madhya Lila, chapter 19, it talks about the devotional creeper. And at the end, when you come to Prema, you're still here in your material body, uh, watering with uh, hearing and chanting, and you're experiencing love of Godhead at the same time. Yes, so that, that means I can... Uh, the, sorry, not I. Uh, the person can experience the love of God, but with the same body is experiencing oh, he, the love yeah, the, of God. Those who are perfect, they can be in their spiritual yes. body and yes. same time here. Like Prabhupada, he's an example. Yes, yes. He's an example that he was here, same time, yes. in his spiritual body. Yes, yes, yes. Prabhupada. And, and devotees, yes, sometimes, sometimes devotees would experience that. That he would yes. be meditating on Krishna Balaram and, and they would feel like they went to the spiritual world all of a sudden with him. Yes. But yes. he but we cannot see the spiritual body. We cannot, yes, that's true. I agree with that. Yes. We cannot see. Thank you. Thank okay. you, Mataji. Uh Prabhupada Priya had her hand up again. Yeah, I have another question. Uh, because when we were looking at this um the of the yeah. bodies, uh, the point was that their philosophy is that um uh, Brahman, that we're Brahman and that we're only dreaming that we've become yeah, Jeevas or fallen souls in this world and that our lives in this world are a hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the Mayavadi point of view. But there are also several places in the Bhagavatam where this is actually stated as Vaishnava philosophy that, you know, like um, with the Queen Kunti where she's yeah. uh, but Prophet says that there's no tiger, it's all just a dream. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the moon being reflected on water. And Yeah, you know. well, the difference between our our understanding, there's a whole difference. Oh, did you go away? 
All right, Bella. No, I'm still here. You're there. I'm right here. Oh, your picture went away from me. I don't know how these things work. Um, but um, the difference is that when the Mayavadis, what, what, what they mean by dreaming is that we're actually the Supreme Lord. And now we're, we've, we're dreaming that we're not. <laughs> so when we say we're dreaming, it's, it's different. We're saying that we're in this illusion, dreaming that we are, we're dreaming that we're the Supreme Lord. And when we wake up, we'll find out we're servant of Krishna. And when they wake up, they say they're going to find out they're the Supreme Lord. So that's a big difference there. Um, we're dreaming that we are the king, we are this, we are that, so many different things, that we are the enjoyer. And, but when we wake up, that's the dream. Uh, they call it American dream, having a nice house and this and that. Um, but, when, and, but to wake up means to understand, I'm not the Lord, I'm a servant of the Lord. And for the Mayavadis, to wake up means, oh, I'm the Lord. I was just dreaming, I wasn't. <laughs> so that's the difference. So the, the difference between the dream is what you wake up to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the reality is. What the reality, their reality is, they okay. think, I am the Lord. And somehow I'm covered now. I'm just covered. And when I get uncovered, I'll see, oh, I'm the controller of everything. And when we, when we say we become uncovered, oh, I'm a servant of Krishna. So the reality is different. What you wake up to is different between us and them. <laughs> Interesting. I had another question oh, when you were talking okay. about um, that there are just three things, the Prakriti, Purusha, and the Jiva. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not just saying there's only three things. I'm just saying we're talking about three things at this point. Okay, all right. Yeah. There's five things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. No, my question is... Um, that uh, because usually we talk about property as material nature. Yeah. But then that's how I took we it. We are also But then we are also property because the, yeah, we're marginal. We're marginal potency. So then, is property like a general category of of energy? Yes, exactly. We're and all property. We're, Internal energy, material energy, and jiva is all property. That's one, one way of using the word prakriti. But, uh, but the most used way is material energy. So when we say that the jivas are prakriti, is that only in the material world, or do they remain prakriti? No, we, we remain prakriti. It means energy. It's a very general sense of the term. We're always prakriti. But, we're, our, but we're, our real nature is para-prakriti, spiritual. Our real nature is to be uh, spiritual, then material energy is apara prakriti. So we have our choice to be under apara or para, but we are actually para. Our nature is para, para prakriti. And how does that fit in with the other energies of the Lord, like there's Radini Shakti, Samvit Shakti, Chit Shakti, all those? Yeah, well, that those, those other Shaktis are all spiritual, and when we surrender to Krishna, then we become under those different energies. Haladini includes everything. 
So, but it may be a gradual process to get to Haladini. You may have to realize Sat and then Chit and then Ananda. Or it may happen all at once. Uh, for us, I don't think we, can, we have time to go through the others. Um, <laughs> we'll be all, all at the same time. So we're always we're always prakriti, mm -hmm. prakriti, but as we become more spiritually evolved, we become further influenced by these other. Yes, exactly, shops. exactly. It's just Prabhupada compares the three um, spiritual energies, Satchitananda, to the three modes of nature here: uh, ignorance, passion, and goodness. There's a couple of places in his books where he compares that those are the three modes in the spiritual world, Satchit Ananda. But, yeah. So we'll be under those three. Here we're under the three modes of, of goodness, passion, ignorance, and that will be under Satchit and Ananda. So there are different aspects of the spiritual energy. Knowledge, eternality, and bliss. Okay, thank you. That's great. Mm -hmm. Anybody else have their hand up? I don't see any hands. I'm looking for just pens. I don't know where to look. Chat? No. Okay. Any no any other questions? Does somebody have their hand up without pushing uh, the button? There, there are any Which view are you looking at? Because it seems like you're I, I'm just looking, the there's just a box with two windows, this one speaker on the bottom, and then the top is got a couple of arrows. And okay, I, so if you go to the upper right corner of your screen, yeah, there's view. A, it says view, and if you put it on gallery. Oh, okay, gallery. Ah, yeah. Oh. Now you can see everybody. Ah. And wow. you can see who's raising their hand very clearly. Yeah, I'm they not go to so... The upper yeah, thank See you. See how I'm in the upper left corner of the screen? is a scientist. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The person who has their hand raised will move to the upper left corner. So okay. then it's really easy to see who's... Yeah. Die. Now I'm going to put my hand down and you'll see I'm going to change my position. Okay, nobody's got their hand up now. So we'll say goodbye um, and see you on Tuesday. And verses 28 to 30 for Tuesday. Okay. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Recording stopped.